皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and lovers of Shukfustan. Welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Alison Brown. Alison, Konnichiwa. I am a Swedish Viking. <laughs> Somebody watch Discus? I am a Swedish Viking. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's been a hugely busy day, especially now that we had the crossover going on with swimming still happening and athletics starting. And there's a, a big final happened on day two of competition, which is just mind blowing to me. But we will get to that in a second. Follow up file time. Our Shuklastani BMX racer, Connor Fields, had a brain hemorrhage at the venue when he crashed and he sustained a brain bleed. He is out of the ICU they have scanned him. They found no other new injuries, but he's still in the hospital. His father said he is cognitively doing well. Like he knows names, he knows his birthday, he knows some he knows some basic facts. So that is good. Connor, we're still pulling for you to make a quick recovery on this. Uh, Simone Biles has withdrawn from the vault and uneven pars competitions on the women's artistic gymnastics individual medals. Uh, Michaela Skinner will move into the vault competition and uh, Michaela's from the U.S. and Melanie de Jesus de Santos from France will move into the uneven bars finals. Kyoto News reported that Japan won its first Olympic fencing gold and set a record with 17 gold medals at a single Olympics by winning that EPE competition. So they've set their record. Yes. And we're only in week one. I know. It's so exciting. <laughs> I did see a story in the Kyoto News that merch is now selling very well in Japan, which is kind of a relief. It's one of those, now that the games have started and that Japan is doing so well, people are very excited about the games now. We got a text from listener Nick, and he was talking, uh, referring to when we talked about the successes of Team GB and that this could be the London legacy starting to manifest itself. So he wanted to remind us that the remember the slogan of those games was inspire a generation and later on i've got a little follow-up on that as well when we get to the competition oh excellent so thank you so much nick you know you can text us too we are at 208-352-6348 all right where is marnie mcbean today so marnie has been to trampoline track and field swimming triathlon and she's expressed her extreme frustration that she can't figure out how to cheer at sailing with her drum because the boats won't hear her oh that is too bad she needs like a megaphone attached to the drum to broadcast the sound COVID updates. Inside the Games reported that uh, there is a participant who has been stripped of their credentials after breaking COVID-19 rules because they went sightseeing. So uh, somebody who is re Games-related, the organizers are not saying who, they were living in the village, don't know if it's an athlete coach or team official. Tokyo 2020 also confirmed that a judoka had visited Tokyo Tower, so we don't know if that's the same person or not. COVID cases are rising, not great. The Prime Minister has said that there's been no real link between the Olympics and the rising infection rates in Tokyo because of pretty much a bubble and no fans being anywhere. So far, we've got at least 246 people who have Olympic credentials who have tested positive for coronavirus while they were in Japan. No. I was wondering when I'd get to start really using that. Uh, the Athletes Integrity Unit announced that Blessing Okabare from Nigeria was pulled out of the semifinals of the 100-meter sprint because she had tested positive for human growth hormone but this is from an out-of-competition test that happened on July 19th. So it's before the games, and thankfully they pulled her out of her race before the finals happened. <sighs> Don't know if this is the start or if this is going to be one isolated incident. I hope for the former. All right, how is our Fantasy League doing? Oh, boy. Sholastan is still heads and tails above everyone else with 511 points. 
Uh, PS- oh, Patrick from Green Bay has moved into second place with 188, and Colibri is at 181. I have dropped down to fifth. I'm in sixth. Okay, well, hey, we're together. That's good. Exactly, as it should be. In brackets, oh, Sholastan coming up. He has tied me for 100, and Olympic fan Dan is right behind us at 90. All right, moving on to what officiating or volunteer job would we like to do? Do you have one for today? I want to be the water girl at triathlon. Oh, this is handing out the water during the the during the run or something. Yes. Yeah, so they, you know, they stand there with their arms out with the water and then they cheer the people on. I'm like useful and cheerleader. I love it. <laughs> I found a job in sailing that I would like, and it is on the officials boat. So before the race, they have uh, like a five minute countdown. So they they tell the boat you have five minutes to race, and then there is a person who raises a flag with the minute number that they're on, so that the sailors can see the flag. So it'll be like five, and then when there are four minutes to race, they change the flag to four, and then they change it to three. That's a lot two. of pressure. You got, and you got to get that thing up quick. Yeah, yeah. I I have begun to see a a, a pattern forming with our jobs. You want the cheering ones and the helping ones? No, I definitely prefer the people contact ones and the taking care of people. And you Mm -hmm. prefer pressure, but not with people's safety. Mm. So you like a pressure job, but you want to like shoot the gun and raise the flag. And I want to take care of people (laughs) in some fashion. Mm. Something to look for in week two. On to our segment, what is up with Mike and Maya? Mike and Maya of the Toyota First Date ad fame that we see approximately 3,000 times a day. So today, what is up with Mike and Maya? Well, I'm a little concerned that Maya is taller than Mike. Oh. If you look at them, I mean, obviously it's hard to tell since Mike is a robot, but Maya looks like she would be taller. So maybe him being on the crutches allowed Maya to say yes. Oh, you think this is a pity? No, I don't think it's a pity thing. But like she didn't want people to make fun of her that she was going with somebody shorter than she. Because she, you know, middle school girls who hit that growth spurt are really insecure about that. Yes, yes, I understand that one. But he's on crutches, Uh, so he's going to look shorter regardless of whether he is shorter or not. Hmm, that's interesting. I think he he is a ways from his growth spurt, but he will hit it. We have we have discussed this greatly because we talked about why uh, Ben and I talked about why was Mike in what happened to his leg, and I said, "Oh, that is a tib fib spiral fracture from the soccer tournament where he pivoted on the grass and his his uh, foot did not pivot well, and so he spiraled out and and broke everything." Well, I have another theory on his injury, but I'm going to hold that. Okay. Okay. Because Ben thought maybe basketball at first. And I said, no, no, no. He is a few years from his growth spurt. Then he will get into basketball. <laughs> so if, if you have theories about Mike and Maya, please let us know. <laughs> we are at flamealivepod at gmail.com or drop them in our Facebook group, Keep Flame Alive Podcast. And if you don't know what ad we're talking about, we will have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Before we get to today's action, we'd like to remind you about our Kickstarter campaign. This is to help fund our trip to go to Beijing 2022, where we have media accreditations. So we will, for the first time in this podcast history, we will have an on-the-ground presence at an Olympics. We are very excited, but also very worried about how we're going to cover the funding. This is something we did not expect to get so quickly um, because we... Getting credentials are uh, pretty, it's a pretty competitive process. So we were surprised to get them, but now we had, we're, we're trying to figure out how to make sure we get there and bring you a, a very unique podcasting experience. We need your support to get there. You, we are having a Kickstarter campaign. You can find out more about the campaign and check out our support, supporter bonuses. We're sending postcards from the Olympics. You can get a, our PDF viewing guide. Your pet could be our mascot, and there's more. And you got to hurry and jump on those mascots. There's only two slots available. 
So check it out at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. All right. What a day we have had in terms of competition, starting with archery. Oh, if you have not watched the men's individual quarterfinals, semifinals, and medal matches, you need to go back and watch this. This is the first time since 2012 that the Korean national anthem has not been played for a, an archery medal. I know. Wow. And the other, yesterday, I, I don't even know when I watched this, but uh, Kim Woo Jin, who is uh, Korea's uh, big archer on the men's side, he had shot a perfect game. His heart rate was barely cracking 100, and he lost in the quarterfinals. Wow. Right? It was so, so weird that that happened. And then uh, USA's Brady Ellison, who was also a heavy favorite to win, lost in the semifinals. And the announcer was talking how we talked about this the other day, how Brady really thrived on having fans in the stands. And maybe that was something that was throwing him off a little bit because he just was off or, or holding on to arrows really long. So who knows how that affected him. The gold went to Turkey's Metagazos, silver went to Italy's Moro Nespoli, and Japan's Furukawa Takaharu won bronze. This is Turkey's first ever medal in archery. I feel like we've been saying that a lot. This is this country's first medal. Yeah, it, and it, he shot so well. He was the one who actually took out Brady Ellison. Yeah, Brady Ellison, I remember you saying in the mixed event, was off. Mm -hmm. So he's just not feeling it, it for whatever reason. You know, you're allowed to have a bad tournament. It's unfortunate when it happens at the Olympics. Exactly. And remember at the beginning of the tournament, people were shooting just twos and fives and really weird numbers for that level of play. But it... As we've gone on, it's been more consistently like if you get a seven, that's considered just out of the ordinary. Um, so I'm we should be able to talk with our Shoklastani head official, Hannah Brown, who can hopefully tell us what went on those first few days of competition and how that worked. I think I saw her on the feed last night. Oh, well, I would expect she would be in the no, final. I'm not sure she would because she's the head official. And usually when they and, and I will say that OBS has been very good about showing every all the officials for every match. But I thought I saw her and I was like kind of I think we had it on the big screen. So it was like, oh, you need to go back and look at that tomorrow. And then it was just now that you say that, I remember she said, if we see her, it's because there's a problem. Moving on to athletics, qualifying rounds and then. Uh, we had the discus final, we had the 4 by 400 mixed relay final, and the women's 100-meter final yesterday. So uh, you've watched discus. I watched discus. <laughs> <laughs> and on, on the one hand, it was a very ordinary tournament, people being awesome. But two Swedes were on top of the podium. And, you know, Daniel Starr starts yelling how he's a Swedish Viking. They start singing some Swedish songs after they win. I don't know where all the Swedes in the stands came from, because I don't expect that the athletics team from Sweden is huge, but they were loud. So oh, nice. all you need to do is watch the celebration. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Stahl's throw that won him the gold was the fourth furthest throw in Olympic history. And then Lucas Weiss-Heidinger from Austria won the bronze. I only I turned on athletics and they were on like the last two throws. So I didn't see very much, but I got confirmation from somebody that, yes, the little autonomous cars are delivering the discus. It might have been listener Don, and I think it was an ambulance for this Yeah, one. because there's different little vehicles. As we've noticed, there's the bus. Mm -hmm. There is uh, something that looks like a minivan. So I did not see it on the feed. I was too busy watching the Swedes. <laughs> I'm angry because I know we should save this for rugby talk, but they stopped showing the ball delivery during the rugby games. And that made me very angry. Come on, OBS. Don't take away all the fun. Toyota paid good money to get those right? little cars on the field. Right. 
Um, for the mixed four by four hundred meter relay, after we taped yesterday, uh, we had reported that the U.S. got disqualified, but then they got re- they appealed and got reinstated because apparently an official they lined up weird for the the second handoff, and so one person was out of the zone basically, I believe, and that was because an official told them to be there, and so that's it as an officiating error. The uh, USA team got reinstated. And in the finals, Poland surprised everyone with, and themselves by winning the gold. Dominican Republic won silver and USA won the bronze. And that silver bronze thing was a just a lean at the finish line, won it for Dominican Republic. And then the USA, the USA runner kind of patted him on the back. And I think it was what the announcers were saying. It looked like he was just saying congratulations a little bit, but it kind of, he was off balance. The Dominican runner was, and he just went flying, (laughs) but that was something good job for Poland, man. Again, a country you don't expect to be winning medals are winning medals in events that we don't normally see, which is fantastic. Exactly. Did you see the women's 100 meters? I watched it after I already knew the results. Okay. So you did not see the whole run up to it? No. So they had a big light show for this. And I want to see if they have it for other distances too. So what the the light show lit up, every, every the whole track was in the dark except for the 100 meter strip. And then they would have little light designs on it. And it went on for a few minutes, but then it would be like the rings would show up and they'd kind of move around a little bit and different blocks would show up, blocks of light would show up and they would move around. It was something, well, like the announcer said, this is something I've never seen before at a track meet. So I think, you know, they're trying to drum up the excitement. It would have been cool with fans in the stands. Like, look over here, there's about to be a very important... Exactly. Race. It really brought your attention. And so and then then the track went dark and then they put the spotlights on the the runners. <laughs> Imagine if the track, you know, if the stadium goes dark in the middle of a, a throwing competition. Yeah, I think they had this this race when all the throwing was done. Because that could that could end very badly. The the Swedish Viking could just take that discus and hurl it right <laughs> at someone's head. <laughs> But you know what? I think all the visually impaired para-athletes would be like, now you know what it's like. It'll be interesting to see if they do similar things at para. That would be interesting. So yeah, I wondered if they, is this just a hundred meter dash? Because that's, you know. A marquee event. Yes. So uh, Jamaica swept. Elaine Thompson-Hara won gold. Shelly Ann Fraser-Price won silver. And Sharika Jackson won bronze. Can we just say Shelly Ann Fraser-Price is like the Energizer Bunny? She's been around forever and is just so good for so long. Mm-hmm. Mama, coming back after baby, winning a silver medal. Moving on to badminton. We're down to uh, quarterfinals and semifinals in various competitions, but the men's doubles finished up. Gold went to... Li Yang and Wang Shilin from Taipei. China won the silver. That was Li Junhui and Liu Yu Chen. And bronze went to Malaysia's Chia Aaron and So Wu Yik, who upset Indonesia. And I saw a chunk of this game. It was really good. One of the Malaysian players was like hitting the, the birdie between his legs. Like it was coming straight at him and he just whipped his, whipped his racket behind him and threw his legs and hit the birdie back over the net. That's risky. (laughs) Unbelievable. In baseball action, Japan beat Mexico 7-4 and the U.S. beat Korea 4-2. Both Japan and the U.S. are undefeated. Uh, Dominican Republic and Korea are 1-1. Mexico and Israel both have an 0-2 record. The knockout stage starts today. In basketball, we the, the men did some group play, and we are getting closer to the end of group play and qualifying, so we will have more news on that tomorrow. Beach volleyball, Shuk Flastani, Kelly Clace, and her partner, Sarah Sponsel, defeated Anna Patricia and Rebecca from Brazil, which was a higher-ranked team. They beat them 2-1, to one. 
Clay and Sponsel are undefeated right now. And they look good. They look good in this match. It was, they were playing much more confidently, coming back from behind and not being as uh, inconsistent as they were in their first match. Yeah, they did look good. And, and thinking on the fly to put things in the right places on the court where Brazil could not get to them. That was really good. And Kelly has said that her braids are, in fact, Sailor Moon braids. That is very intentional. <laughs> nice, nice. The nice thing is that they have moved on to the round of 16. They will face Canadians Bensley and Wilkerson. And the good thing was that their beating Brazil put them into a better place in the bracket so that they won't have to face higher ranked teams for a while. And by a while, I mean like maybe one game. But that is super exciting. Boxing, we started to get our first medals, and they are bronzes. So uh, this is another sport with two bronze medals. The women's featherweight bronzes went to Nesty Paticio from Philippines and to Japan's Iri Sena. Uh, moving on to cycling BMX freestyle, they had seeding for the park tournament. Uh, USA's Hannah Roberts is seeded first, and on the men's side, Australia's Logan Martin has got the top seed. I'm a little concerned about all of this park and street style sport. We talked about it with skateboarding, and now we're talking with BMX. Are we encouraging people to ride bicycles and skateboards where they shouldn't be? I don't know, because usually stuff like that has signage everywhere, at least in the U.S., you know, are we going to be taking out pedestrians, but I'm going to be an Olympian. Don't know. And diving, the women's three meter springboard competition had its semifinal. So going into the finals, the top three are China's Xing Timao, China's Wang Han, and Canada's Jennifer Abel. And a question, we did have another day of eventing dressage. So it was team and individual. Some of the people who are on teams also compete in the individual. And some of the individuals do not compete in the team competition. So they're run at the same time. Philip Dutton is sitting in 16th in the individual event. And Team USA is 8th in the team event. Go Shukflistan. In fencing, the women's saber team competition was held, and ROC won gold, France won silver, and Korea won bronze. In men's football action, it was the quarterfinals, so Spain beat Cote d'Ivoire 5-2. Japan and New Zealand had a 0-0 tie, but Japan won in the penalty shootout 4-2. Brazil beat Egypt 1-0, and Mexico beat Korea 6-3. The semifinals will happen on Tuesday. It will be Mexico versus Brazil and Japan versus Spain. Could you imagine what's going to happen during that semifinal with Mexico and Brazil in Mexico and Brazil? It will be intense. That'll be fun. There's a, a, a Brazilian restaurant near me. I think I might go hang out and watch the game there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. In golf, the men's individual stroke play had round three. Moving on to handball, we are still on group play. I watched about a half of the women's Norway versus Netherlands game and then had to leave before it ended to start taping the show. But uh, Norway was up and they stayed up and beat Netherlands 29-27 that was a really intense game back and forth and some really beautiful goals like bounced in or in the corners. So that was really cool. On the men's side, moving on to the knockout rounds are France, Spain, Denmark, Egypt, and Sweden. Norway and Portugal are still they're in position, but on the bubble. On the women's side, Norway, Netherlands, Sweden, and ROC are moving on. Montenegro, Japan, Spain, and Brazil are all in the mix. In hockey, again, I still have not gotten to watch hockey, but not to worry because moving on to the knockout stage, Australia will play Netherlands, Germany will play Argentina. Oh, like in, in my brain, this is a rematch of 1948. 
India will play Great Britain and Belgium will play Spain. Oh, you've got to watch that India-Great Britain match. You have to. And I will break out in song in random parts. And I might have to open some champagne to have with it. Just as a nod to gold, the movie we watched in Movie Club. On the women's side, the knockout matchups will be Netherlands versus New Zealand, Spain versus Great Britain, Germany versus Argentina, and Australia versus India. Judo, we had the mixed team event, which is new for Tokyo 2020. We started watching the early stages of this. It's a really interesting event. So it's each country picks six people. And if there's a tie, they pull a name out of a hat for the tiebreaker match. Yeah. Out of a hat? Wow. Yeah, and I didn't get to see any of this. I don't know. I have to go back and look to see to look at the scores to see if that really came had to happen. But we watched Japan versus Germany. This is like the second round, the quarterfinals. You thought that Japan would just walk all over Germany, but they were down in the first couple of matches. And it it took a few to get them back up. And it was just it was really exciting. And the Venue was actually pretty loud for so few people being in there. And you had to imagine, like the the feed announcer says, imagine 11,000 people in here for this. And they'd all be cheering like crazy. Gold went to France. Silver went to Japan. And the bronzes went to Israel and Germany. So I am definitely going back to try to find that gold medal matchup. Because those are two really tough teams. And... I'm sure Japan losing was a a point of disappointment. In rugby, the women's tournament is over. We have a new champion in New Zealand. They have won their first medal for Olympic rugby. So hooray for them. Go Silver Ferns. They win the gold. France wins the silver. And Fiji wins, uh, beat Great Britain to win the bronze. Okay, so I watched both semifinals and the final. Mm-hmm. And the semifinal between New Zealand and Fiji went to overtime. Yes. And that was just insane. And the Fijians were so heartbroken when they lost. They were. They were. And there was a missed pass right at the end. So Fiji was really close to their try line. And before, in, instead of getting tackled, one of the Fijian players tossed the ball to someone who was very close to her. And the ball went right through her hands and dropped. And that went to a New Zealand turnover, which I believe might have ended up in a try because that kind of tied it up. And that I thought, oh, boy, here we go. That's going to be the end of Fiji. But they managed to make sure they were tied at the end at least, but that extra time. And then the French-British uh, game, also so intense. And we all know how I love a good nickname. Uh, Jasmine Joyce is the Welsh wizard. <laughs> and apparently she's little by rugby standards. I don't know what the heck those standards are. <laughs> but she's very fast. and very. So I'm sad that this is one of those matches or the semifinal and finals where I did not care who won and who got medals. Cause I was happy and sad mm-hmm. with whoever, every, how it panned up. But again, when great Britain lost that match, they were devastated and they were oh. devastated when they lost the, the bronze medal match. So yes. the uh, ceremony at the end is beautiful because all three teams were so thrilled to be on the podium. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was really nice to watch. What I did not see was was there a haka? I don't think so. I didn't think didn't, so. I didn't see it on the men's side either. And that that disappointed me. And I wondered if they opted not to do one for COVID reasons. But that I really had hoped that there would be some hakas. So I hope when New Zealand comes home, they will be welcomed with a haka. That's sort of was my that's my hope in my heart that that New Zealand is able to do that for them. That would be nice. But excellent rugby play. The rugby tournament was so much fun to watch. And I want to mention, so I was watching rugby and my daughter, who is not a bat and ball kind of sports fan, 
came in and she said, you know, what are you watching? What is this? I said, oh, it's rugby. I've never seen rugby. And literally within two minutes, she was glued, sat and watched all the rest of the matches with me. And it's true. When we talked to Ben Ryan, it is so fast. It is so absorbing. And you don't even need to totally know what's going on to recognize how amazing, in this case, these women are and just what what passion they put into the sport. So I, I'm glad it's continuing to grow and kind of scoop up new fans where you least expect it to be. Moving on to sailing. I did not realize the troubles that Stephanie Robel and Maggie Shea, our Shuklastani sailors, got into. So there were the last races of their tournament kind of thing. And then the top 10 would go on to the medal race, which is yet to come. So in race six, they were in seventh place. They capped size and finished 16th. They filed for redress because they felt the cap size was due to their main sheet being wrapped around the onboard camera that was mounted on their boom during a jib. And what happens is apparently cameras get put on board different sailors' boats for different races. So everybody gets a chance to have the camera on board. And the the redress was denied. And that meant that their 16th place was their lowest score so far. And earlier we had mentioned that they had had another race where she they had 14th place and they were hoping that was the score that they would get to drop. But no, that's a score they had to keep because they had the 16th place now. Then in the races that happened today, uh, it was the last three. They were in sixth place overall and 15 points from third place. So they are sitting pretty. They are in the top 10 for the medal race. And it was a really tough day on the water. The wind was only five to nine knots strong. So weak wind, really strong current. So race 10... They started out strong and they finished 14th again because they got their first ever yellow flag for a, what is called a rule 42 breach. I mean, here's another number rule that we have to understand. And this is improperly moving their bodies to propel the boat in very light conditions. So when the wind is so light, you have to watch that the sailors don't try to help their boat along physically. And they were told that they did this that was an issue, so they had to serve some penalties there. In race eleventh, they also or race eleven, they also started strong. They were in seventh place, and then they touched the first mark that they have to sail around. Touched it with their boat, so there were a lot. There was a lot of traffic, so they got around the mark and then got out of the way so that they could do their big penalty spin. Because whenever you get a penalty, you have to like do a, t- a whole turn of the boat, and then you can get back on course. So they did their penalty spin and got back on the course. The umpires flagged them again. And so they thought, oh, that's for they're flagging us for the penalty we already did. No, apparently it was for another penalty. So they finished that race in eighth place. But because of the second penalty, which was another rule 42, and they didn't retire from the race at that point, they were listed as did not a DNE, which might be a do not did not enter. They can't drop that DNE score. So that's the lowest score you can or that's the highest point value you can get. You can't drop that. So the last race they had it was do or die. They finished fifth overall for their 12 races, 11th place. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it was really tough, really tough. So I'm going to try to go back and watch. I did have sailing on a lot yesterday, just kind of random stuff. I don't know what days it was because it all kind of blends together. <laughs> and, and I don't know uh, necessarily, but I wanted to see different boats. So I watched a little bit of uh, some foiling, the NACRA 17. That was really cool. And I, th- I think I watched a, a dinghy race, but it was a one-person race. Also on tap on the the sailing competition from today, the uh, RSX women's race had their final run. Winning gold is China's Lu Yuzhu. Silver went to France's Charlene Picon. And bronze went to Great Britain's Emma Wilson. 
On the men's side, gold went to Netherlands. Uh, Kieran Badlow, France, France's Thomas Goyard won the silver, and China's B. Kuhn won the bronze. In shooting, we had the trap mixed team event. Gold went to Spain. Silver went to San Marino. So, uh, again, like coming into Tokyo, zero medals, leaving Tokyo with at least two medals. San Marino. And then bronze went to USA, their team number two. And then in the 50-meter rifle three position, the women competed. Gold went to Nina Christian uh, from Switzerland. Silver went to ROC's Yulia Zakova. And bronze went to ROC's Yulia Karamova. Swimming. I watched all of it. All right. All right. Uh, Swimming, we had some more, still some semifinals going on, so... There were heats. There were finals. In the men's 100-meter butterfly, Caleb Dressel from the USA took gold. Christoph Milak from Hungary took silver. And Noi Ponti from Switzerland took bronze. I think you had found out that in Christoph Milak was the one in the 200-meter butterfly who was upset that he didn't get a world record time because he was gunning for a personal best, and the personal best would have been a world record. And he had said that his suit had gotten a hole in it. And so he was that kind of threw off his focus in the water because he had a certain warm up ritual and he had to go change out his suit. And that affected his warm up ritual, to which I say, don't be wedded to your warm up ritual, which we learned from Ashok Flastani. And I can't remember which one. Well, we've often asked about good luck charms and things like that. And I remember um, several people have told us, I, I don't have a good luck charm because I don't want to be stuck with if something happens to it that I can't adjust. Yes. Yeah. And similar with a warm-up routine, because I, I and I cannot remember who it was on off the top of my head who said, Yeah, you don't know what the conditions are going to be like at every competition. So you don't know what you'll be able to do for a warm-up. And if you get wedded to I have to do X, Y, and Z and you don't have time for that, then you're mentally thrown off. So Christoph got to be luck. flexible. Learning a lesson there. In the women's 200-meter backstroke, gold went to Australia's Kaylee McCune. Silver went to Canada's Kylie Mass. Bronze went to Australia's Emily Seabohm. In the, in the mixed 4x100-meter medley relay, which is a new-for-Tokyo competition, gold went to Great Britain, silver went to China, and bronze went to Australia. U.S. was not a factor in this one. So I was very excited about the mixed relays in general. I like the idea of the men and women competing together. When I actually watched the mixed relay, I was very disappointed. And it wasn't because you had men and women at the pool at the same time. That I thought was actually very interesting because each team chose four swimmers, two men, two women, one of each stroke, and you could have any combination thereof. So sometimes you had men swimming the stroke and women swimming swimming the stroke. It ended up looking like, do you remember from the 1970s Battle of the Network Stars? Oh, yeah. I loved Battle of the Network Stars. Right, where these TV stars would do these sort of obstacle courses and funny. And that's how it ended up looking. It didn't end up looking like an Olympic race because there'd be such huge gaps between swimmers. Mm-hmm. And then it would shrink in the next round. And it was very hard to um gauge what was happening the what would have been an interesting element of it is the strategy of putting together your relay team right who goes when and who are who's who goes when and what stroke and so poor lydia jacoby was doing the breaststroke leg for the u.s and pretty much every other swimmer on her leg was a man so she fell way behind and poor thing dove into the pool and her goggles end up around her mouth. Yes, that was tough. A tough, tough break. But she actually, her split was quite good considering the her youth, her inexperience and her goggles in her mouth the <laughs> whole time. So nice job to Lydia at 17 hanging in there because that's got to be very disconcerting having men who who do swim more quickly and you end up in the wash you know they talked about that 
where she was, she's not used to swimming probably with that kind of wash because the men do swim more aggressively than the women. So she hung in there Mm -hmm. with the goggles in her mouth. And finally, the the final race of the evening was the women's 800-meter freestyle, which Katie Ledecky won handily, uh, followed by Australia's Ariane Titmus. And bronze went to Simona Quadrella from Italy. This gave Katie Ledecky six gold medals, most of any female swimmer in Olympic history. Also, this was a three-peat for her. Oh, right, because she she won it at uh, London and Rio as well. So, so and it was funny because again with the media, just she had mentioned, Oh, that's my last race, and they went to instantly, she might retire. And then at the and the thing at the uh the end of uh, uh when she was in the mixed zone, she's like, Oh no, I'm come I'm going to Paris. I might go to LA too. <laughs> it's just like don't you know, don't go jump to conclusions there. I think it was also if she had to pick one medal to win. I think this might have been the one because it was the three-peat. It was her first best event when she was Mm -hmm. 15 years old in in London. And so you could see when she won, there was just such joy. And the interview after was really funny because she said to the interviewer, I'm just in pain. Yeah. (laughs) She was trying to catch her breath. Clearly her legs are shot. I mean, this is the end of the, the meet. And but she was so happy, but so exhausted. Exactly. One other note from the pool that I meant to mention with the men's 100 meter butterfly in the finals for the first time ever, swimmers from Bulgaria and Guatemala. And you know how I love first time countries in events. All over the place in, in Tokyo. It's fantastic. Moving on to tennis in the singles bronze medal match, Spain's uh, Pablo Bustacareno beat Serbia's Novak Djokovic 6-4, 6-7, 6-3. It was a long match with at two hours and 39 minutes, and Novak did not, he was not happy. There was some destruction of property at the end of this match. He had a little face. He smashed one racket, and then he threw another into the stands. So thankfully, one good reason why there are no fans around is that Novak Djokovic might have a temper tantrum and throw his racket at you. Then he withdrew from the mixed doubles bronze medal match. So he was competing with uh, Nina Stojanovic, and they were supposed to face Barty Ashley and John Pierce from uh, Australia. And Novak withdrew. He cited that he's dealing with various injuries. But given, you know, it's hard to un- to know. I mean, he's probably tired. It's been very hot. He He's said it's been really tough at at tennis they had to move the games back to accommodate the heat but you do have to wonder like why are you injured or and your body's really tired and exhausted or are you just upset from the other medal or did he is he so upset because he's playing injured that could be too he could be angry with himself so then the women's singles tournament ended uh, Belinda Bensic from Switzerland won against uh, Marketa Vondrosova from Czech Republic. She won 7-5-2-6-6-3. So again, another long match. And then bronze went to Ukraine's Alina Svitolina, who defeated Kazakhstan's Elena Rabikina, 1-6-7-6-6-4. So again, another long match. It's been a, it's been a tough. So uh, Bensich is in for the doubles, women's doubles tournament, and she's in for I think the gold medal match. If she can win, she would be only the only she would be only the fourth woman to win both singles and doubles at the same game, which was something that was last accomplished in London 2012 by Serena Williams. Over in trampoline, this was supposed to be a replay of 2016 because all three medalists from the Rio games were also in the final or in this tournament as well. But uh, the reigning world champion Gao Li from China got too far off center in his second qualifying routine. And he fell off the mat basically. And then also fell out of the finals. So no world champion there. Uh, This is, I didn't get a chance to see this yet, but I am definitely going back to watch what happened here. There were gymnasts flying all over the place. 
Those spotters were busy. Oh, yikes. See, and and you want that job. That's, what, that's all I have to I'll say take about that. Take care of them. And I'm small. I wouldn't get in the way. I would just, you know, shove the mat in. <laughs> I actually, I wonder how tall the trampoline actually is. That's a good question. Because then I wondered if you could, would be allowed to spot. Hey. <laughs> could you get to the tall, how tall? Hey. Ivan Levitnovich from Belarus won gold. Dong Dong from China won silver. And Dylan Schmidt from New Zealand won bronze. New Zealand is doing very nicely. I know. I'm very excited. It's those, it's those silver ferns. You know, you get a plant, you have to take care of it. So they've nurtured their athletes. Over in triathlon, it was the mixed relay, which is new for Tokyo. And Great Britain won gold. Silver went to the U.S. And bronze went to France. I saw some of this. I came in on the end. Did you I watch? Watched the, I did watch this. And this is what I wanted to mention about the 2012 games when we talked about the carryover, you know, do we see the legacy of that? And the announcer mentioned that the British triathlete Alex Yee attended 2012 as a fan <gasps> and saw the Brownlee brothers. And oh. that he was already an athlete as a kid, but that inspired him. So they were talking about it in, in, the, in that connection. Interesting. So starting to prove my theory. Now, I also have a question. Yes. So some of the women triathletes wear the long suit with mm -hmm. with sort of the shorts attached, like the men okay. do. And mm -hmm. some women wear the bathing suit cut. Okay. So I realize they have no thigh rub, that they have thigh gaps. But I would think there would be a chafing issue. Yeah, maybe like, not. I don't know. Like because even on the cycle. But I don't bicycle, oh, yeah. so I don't know. Um, I don't know how that would work on the bike because I would think so too, but maybe the gap there's a gap. I don't know. We will going to start to ask. Maybe I also watch them put their shoes on, you know, cause mm -hmm. in the, and I'm, I'm thinking there's no socks. How are they not getting blisters? I was very concerned about a lot of blistering and chafing I and the men unzipping their suits and it like falling off. I was very concerned about gear in this race. I have wondered about no socks and the running as well, because I, I mean, obviously you do that to make sure your transition time is very short, but I, I do wonder, but maybe they have, maybe the, the shoes are good enough and they're, they're broken in enough that they're not going to get blisters. I don't know. We'll have to find out, but that was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of uh, mentions on social media that uh, people were liking this race and this race format a lot. It's the a athletes short, talked about how much they liked being, you know, the triathlete mixed team because mm -hmm. I, I got the impression a lot of them trained together. Oh, so they could do it together. Nice. On to indoor volleyball. The We are uh, still in preliminary play. Uh, the U.S. Uh, women's women happened today. And the big note was in the U.S. versus ROC game, USA's leading point scorer, Jordan Thompson, sustained an ankle injury in this. They lost, ended up losing. And it was tough because she kind of ran into she and a, a teammate were both jumping at the same time. And Jordan just landed funny and turned her ankle. So now she's got a, a heavy sprain going on. And uh, in Looking at looking ahead to who's moving on to the next rounds in the men's side, it's Poland, Italy, Canada, ROC, and Brazil. Japan, France, and the U.S. are on the bubble. On the women's side, Brazil, Serbia, Korea, Italy, ROC, USA, and Turkey all advance. There is one more slot open in their knockout stage, so it could be Dominican Republic. It could be Japan. Don't know. In water polo... Uh, men still had preliminary rounds. I caught maybe a quarter or so of USA versus Hungary because that was what was on. I saw my first butt. <laughs> so sometimes in the water polo action, they'll they'll do the underwater camera so you can see the underwater. And, and you could see somebody got their suit pulled down and full butt exposed. <laughs> and we didn't see the water, underwater camera very much after that. But uh, Hungary won that one 
men's quarterfinals. It looks like it's going to be Italy, Greece, Hungary, USA, Spain, Croatia, Montenegro, and Serbia. We won't know the matchups of those until group play is over. And we'll find out how everybody finishes in the rankings. On the women's quarterfinals, it's going to be Spain, Australia, Netherlands, Canada, USA, Hungary, ROC, and China. And uh, Team USA's Maggie Steppens scored her 49th goal. And now she is the all-time leading scorer at the Olympics for women's water polo. And in weightlifting, it was the men's 81 kilograms and the men's 96 kilograms competitions on the 81 kilograms. Gold went to China's Liu Zhaozhong. Silver went to Dominican Republic's uh, Zacharias Bonet-Michel. And Italy's Antonio Pizzolato won the bronze. On the 96-kilogram side, it was Qatar's Faris Ibrahim EHL Elbach won winning gold. Ketomar Giovan of Vianna Sanchez from Venezuela won the silver. And Anton Plisnoy from Georgia won bronze. You'll be so happy when we next week is athletics and it's like names from Jamaica. <laughs> names from oh. the U.S. and Canada. I'd like to give a special shout out to our Patreon patrons. Your ongoing financial support helps keep our flame alive financially. It's the end of the month. So August 1st means a new bonus show that is for patrons only at uh, specific levels. So check out our patron, Patreon page, patreon.com slash flamealivepod, and you will be able to access bonus content. What's, what's our shook list on watch for today? Very quiet today. Only Philip Dutton is competing in, a, in continuing the event and competition in Equestrian. All right. But we got a lot coming next week. That's right, because we move into athletics and artistic swimming. So excited. Modern pentathlon's coming up. I'm so excited. All right. It is time to say a sayonara. So as always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com. Text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. Don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach our goal of getting to Beijing 2022. That is kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. And as we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, keep the flame alive.